Man, I'll tell you what, how many of you love Christmas time? Woo! I love, I love Christmas time as well. I love, I mean, just like, like the carols. Come on. The carols, the lights, the music, the trees, the party, the, the movies, Christmas movies. We're, we're a big Christmas movie family. Thank you. Big Christmas movie family. So I love Christmas movies, right? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Everybody knows about that one, right? Yeah. And, and of course, you know, the, the lights. And, and if you don't have the, the Clark Griswold of the neighborhood, it, Austin has some places where you can go, and there's like a whole neighborhood of Clark Griswolds. Well, they just put a ton of lights up everywhere. That, that's always fun, right? The, 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 that part of the movie where they're all stumbling, the lights come on, and they're stumbling back and forth. It's, it's amazing. I love it. And so but today we are in, uh, in week two of our series, and the series is simply called Carols. And, and as it was lovely, as it was, as it was saying so lovely, uh, we're talking about, O come, all ye faithful. And, and that, though, that first line in that carol is, is, is quite daunting, right? Well, let me give you a little bit of history before we get to that. So, O Come, All Ye Faithful is written by John Francis Wade in the 18th century. He was a hymn writer, okay? And it was originally, it was originally written in Latin and called Adesti Fidelis. I put a bunch of Mexican on that because that's probably not the way it's actually said. But that's the way it kind of rolls off my tongue. You know what I mean? So, so that, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, so, but he, it was, and it was translated into English in 1841 by uh, Frederick Oakley. And, and I almost said Federico Oakley, but I, I, I stayed away from it. So I stayed away from it. Okay, so Pastor said you have to laugh, all right? So that's strike one for everybody. <laughs> all right? I'm glad we clarified that right now. <laughs> if you don't laugh, I'm going to make you get up and do about 10 jumping jacks, and then we'll get it. I'm just kidding. Come on. Um, it, anyways, and so it, it begins with this exciting and, and slightly daunting line, as I said. And it says, O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. That's tough. And the reason I feel it's a little daunting sometimes is because that doesn't always describe me. Oh, ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. So sometimes I feel like I fall short of that mark, and especially sometimes during the Christmas season. Many feel anything but faithful, joyful, or triumphant. In fact, for many of us, we feel defeated, depressed, and doubtful. That, that, that wouldn't sound good in that song, right? Oh, come, all ye defeated, depressed, and ye doubtful. They say, that was, that was just my little opportunity to sing. I, I didn't really have to sing that like that. I could have just said it, but I wanted to sing it. Come on. <laughs> uh, but it's true, right? It's true. And there are days when I, I, don't, I don't feel faithful. I love God some days, but sometimes I feel like I mess everything up. Sometimes I allow, I allow my devotional times to be interrupted. I allow the, 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 the time that I set aside for Christ to, to be taken from him. I feel like he called me to do something, but it's, it's so much more difficult than, than I thought. Or you, you just, you've just lived life. And, and life in general has, has just God, it's stolen that from you. It's taken it from you. You've been robbed. And there are plenty of days that I don't feel joyful. A minute ago, I told a joke. Nobody laughed at it. It made me feel kind of bad. And, and sometimes, sometimes we feel like that moment, that, that nobody gets us, nobody responds to it, is, is almost like we, we live in that moment. 
Yeah, that's, that's the moment we, we, we abide, and that's the moment we, we're always in. It's, it's just a constant struggle. You know, where, where you really can lose some joy is Christmas shopping. Mmm. Ooh. You know, everybody does it, right? You, you're Christmas shopping, and, and you go, and, and there's, there, you look at the, look at the you're about, about to, to uh, get to the registers, and, and there's three or four lines open. You're like, okay, which one? Babe, go down there and look how many people in that line right there. And inevitably, you get in the line that has like four or five people. The other line has like ten people. You mark where you're at, right? And then the guy in front of you pulls like 15 coupons out. You're like, oh, come on, man. Come on. You got to be kidding me, sir. Right? And he finally gets through the line. You're like, whew, thank you, Jesus. I got some joy in my heart. I'm still good. And then, and then the, the next person pulls a checkbook out. You're like, wow, I didn't even think they printed those anymore. Are you kidding me? You can still order those? Like, what does this lady drive, a car with stone wheels or what? No, that's not true. Come on. You know, like, like, like the, we just finished up our feature presentation series. You know, we, we, we can see a lot of angry elves out there, right? And, and, and you have full intention. You're happy in the morning. It's all good. It's Christmas time. We're going to go shopping. We got a few dollars in the bank, and we're going to go spend, buy some shopping. And you just get angry elf after angry elf after angry elf after angry elf. By the time you get home, you're just frustrated. It, it, it just happens. So, th- I mean, those are, those are some simple and, and yeah, kind of ridiculous examples of, of what it is. But, but the reality of it is we're experiencing things that, that are much more worrisome. So, um, some things like our, our finances are in trouble. It's hard at this time of year. Or how about a job coming to an end right around this time of year? Or our relationships between family and friends really aren't, aren't what they're supposed to be or with our children. There's, there's just not much joy to be found. Or maybe it's that you just don't feel very triumphant. There's a word that we don't use much today, right? Triumphant. Why? Why I triumphed at my job today, sweetheart. I really triumphed on that business account that I did. Or like if you're from from Zamunda, you'd be like, the Giants triumphed over the 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 Cowboys. Don't even get me started. That'll make me lose my joy right there. <laughs> or or. Maybe after 20 years of marriage, it, it's not the way you thought it was going to be. Maybe the, the, the job that you're in right now is, isn't where you, th- it hasn't, hasn't panned out the way you thought it was going to pan out. Your five-year plan has become a 10-year plan. It's been pushed into 15, maybe more. Things aren't happening the way you thought they were going to happen. But there's good news for all of us that feel depressed. Defeated and doubtful. And that's what this carol calls out to. It calls out to, oh, come all ye faithful. It reminds me that, that through the scriptures, God calls us and beckons us to come. And he calls us. Jesus calls the weary and the burdened. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30 says, come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean on me and learn from me, excuse me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Now, Jesus didn't say, come to me once you get it all together. Jesus didn't say, make sure you got your checklist right before you come to me. Make sure you got your checkbook balanced out before you come to me. He didn't say that. He said, come to me and I will receive you. I will give you rest. This is the this is good news for us, everybody. This is great news, actually. But those aren't the only ones that he calls because, see, Jesus calls sinners. The Bible says in Matthew 19, 12 and 13, that when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, we had a tax collector in our last service, so I got to apologize to you tax collector. We ain't trying to talk bad about you. And I think we all fit in the category of sinners. The Bible says in 12, on hearing this, Jesus said, I, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And he calls all of us to come just as we are. It isn't something Jesus just said or, or, or it was, it was a, just a, a random invitation, a loose invitation to us. It's something that he sh- actually showed us. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love that. I love that. You don't have to clean yourself up or get yourself right or, or, or get, your, get all your, your stuff, your affairs in order before you come to Christ. He's already given his life for you, and he did it while you were still a mess. Hear this. He did it on the chance that you would come, on the chance that you would decide, that you would make that decision. Jesus calls us to come, but he doesn't want us to stay the way we are. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the NIV says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Isn't that good news? He doesn't leave us where we are. He doesn't call us and leave us where we are. He gets rid of the old and makes us something new. He forgives the sins and the mistakes. He forgets the past and settles the yesterday. That's good news, people. That's good news. And he puts his spirit in us. He puts his spirit in you. And he makes you someone new. But what does he help us become? Where? Does he take us? There, there's, there's many ways to answer that. But here's, a, here's a, a good start as we look at this carol. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Jesus makes us faithful. So many followers of Jesus live out, live out of their heads and out of their intelligence instead of out of their faith. See, we we live out of our intellect, our experience, our our knowledge instead of our faith. You you can't live out of what's between your ears or or even you can't live out of your heart. The Bible describes our hearts as as wicked and in need of regeneration. 
I love what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. He says, for we live by faith, not by sight. See, God, God has invited you into an amazing and an adventurous life. It's a life outside of your comfort zone. Out of the comfort zones of our own experiences. It's lived in a place where risk meets faith and love meets courage. This is where we want to live out our days on this earth. But, but what, if, what if I don't feel all that faithful? What if, what if I actually feel faithless? If everything I've tried, you may, you may, you may feel this morning that everything you've tried has is, is, is not worked. It's, it's, it just doesn't work. Listen to the author of Hebrews as he says in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the question is, where is your gaze? Where is your focus? Can, can you only see the problems? Can is your view just of things that seem insurmountable? I heard a pastor say one time, we have to be see-throughers, not look-atters. In, in essence, in essence, when, when we walk in Christ, when, 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 we, when we surrender everything that we are and, and we, we say, Christ, your will is my will. I do what you've called me to. Christ never promised that it would be sunshine, rainbows, and just downhill both ways. See, we have to understand that, that when, when things come into our lives and the struggle is, is brought to the forefront, are we going to focus on the problem? We're going to focus on the bad? Are we going to focus on the negative? Are, are we, are we going to allow negative to influence us? Or are we going to trust in God and keep our focus on him? And see through the problem, see through the situation and say, okay, God, what is it that you're calling me to? If, if I believe that all things work out for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus, then God, help me see what it is that you are calling me. Tell me, understand what it is that you want me to grow in. It's all right. Hmm. Wherever you set your gaze. The author says, fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who gives it. It comes from him. He is the one who completes it in you if you let him. This isn't something to do on your own. You, you, you can't gut this out. I love how Eugene Peterson phrased it in the message, Romans 10 17 in the message says, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, then there is nothing to listen to. Before you trust him, put faith in him. 
You, you, have to, you have to hear the good news about him. And when you hear it, something happens. We know who it is that we're putting our faith in, not in, in the outcome, not in, in some outcome, but in the person himself. We get to know him. We put our faith in him. And we surrender our lives to him. What are you looking for? What are you looking at? What are you listening to? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Listen to the truth of who he is and let him make you faithful. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because there's no dependence, no reliance. And all that's left is, is human knowledge, our strategy, our works, our religion, our skill. So faith is believing that God is who he says he is. So if you feel faithless today, Jesus can make you faithful. Amen? I'm sorry. Lost my place here. Jesus can make you faithful. So, I'm sorry. Look at that. Talk amongst yourself a little bit here. <laughs> Come on. I can do it. So here, technology, yeah, I need some tech support. Technology, it just, it just wants to freeze up on me. Woo. How many of you glad you came to the house of the Lord today? I want to ask sister to come up here and sing a hymn. We're going to sing a I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm honestly, this tank froze up on me. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So, so let me tell you a little story. So right now, I know exactly what my wife is thinking. So my, my wife always says, always make a paper copy. Yeah, look, look. And, and all the women in the house say, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Oh, boy, come on. Okay, I, I, think, I think we're close. I think we're close. All right. This is, the, this is the paper copy. All right. Jesus makes us joyful. <laughs> Amen. So, so, come on. so we like to tie our emotion. We, we like to tie our uh, emotional stability into a lot of different things. Right? Technology. <laughs> Family. Career. We, we, we. We, we, interlock those th- we interlock those things. So because everybody wants happiness and joy. Thomas Jefferson called it, the, the, called it the pursuit of happiness, an inalienable right given by God. And it's not as elusive as, as people tend to think. So Luke 2, 8 through 12 says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields. I'm going to jump to 10. But the angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I bring you good news that will cause great joy 
for all the people. Jesus and joy go together. And not just any joy, great joy. Great joy. The gospel is by nature good news. Sometimes we, we all make it seem like bad news. Like, like maybe it's threatening news. Like you, you didn't do it right news. Like you're such a loser, you're never going to make it news. Can I, can I speak to that right now and say none of those are true? Every single one of those are false and a lie. So I, I, I had to, to kind of deal with that thing just, just coming out of, the, uh, uh, out of my upbringing, the very, very judgmental spirit. Because every, every, every time we went to church on Sunday, we got sent to hell. So. But, but it's good. We made it back. You know what I mean? You had the opportunity to escape it by, by the end of the church. You know what I mean? That's why, I think that's why we all ran to the altar. Back in the day, you know, we had that altar call about, for about 45 minutes. We have an altar call. <laughs> But that's not what the gospel is telling us. You know, I believe that, that, that Jesus wants us to be happy. And many, many, you may have heard it so, but God wants us holy, not happy. Right? I've heard that before. Yeah, I, I think that's true, but his goal for us is holiness. It, it's following him. But it's not one at the expense of the other. It's, it's both. Some people love to talk about Jesus, but they never smile. Not very convincing. You know, I serve a great God. He's so great. Fills me with joy. Shut it, kid. God has given me so much peace. Would you be quiet, please? <laughs> but you see the, the sometimes... What we say isn't who we are. What, what we say doesn't match how we live. Jesus, joy is a byproduct of God's work in your life. I'm going to say that again. Joy is a byproduct of God's work in your life. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. And fruit is an interesting thing. You know, you, 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 you get a, a package of, of apple seeds, you put the apple seeds in the ground, you don't get oranges. You, you get a pack of orange seeds, you put them in the ground, you, you don't get apples. But what you, what you put in, what you sow in the ground, the apple tree grows, and, and you have apples. It's, it's, in, it's in it. You, you don't have to do... Anything, you don't have to alter it genetically. You, you don't have to manipulate it any way. You, you put apple seeds in the ground and you water it, you take care of it, you get apples. Your joy just comes from the right relationship with God. It's not something you, you manufacture on your own. It's not something you squeeze out. When, when, when he makes you a new creation, he puts his spirit in you because his spirit is you and God is joy. Joy is God. They're, they're, they're together. Then joy comes out of you because of who is in you. The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is, is love, joy, and peace. Nehemiah 8, uh, 8.10 says, don't 
be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. If if you're weary and depressed, you you don't need to work out more or just work out at all. You just need Jesus. Just need you some Jesus. I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, I'm happy. <laughs> so, so you don't, you don't, you have, you have to be careful of, of who you allow and what you allow to speak into your life. So every, every morning we wake up, and that's a blessing in and in itself. And, and those, the, I think that those first 30 to 45 minutes of, of your morning are critical in the decisions that you make. And I think a lot of times, sometimes we get, we get so used to, we get so just, in, it's ingrained in us to grab our phones and start looking at what's going on. And immediately that, that we, we haven't, there's an influence that's happening in our mind. There's an influence that's happening over us. So in, that very, in, those, very, in those, those first moments of our morning, will, will we choose to allow social media and the world to influence us and, and, and we try to get our joy from that or, or will we go to the maker or, or will we go to the creator of all things will, will we go to the one whom said because I am in you I, 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 I've given you joy and let the joy come out of us and it's normal to mistrust what seems to be too good but the reality is Jesus is too good to be true Salvation is too good to be true. Grace is too good to be true. Heaven is too good to be true. So, so don't leave here trying to pretend. I, we, we don't, we don't want to pretend. We want to understand that, yeah, it is true. The goodness of God is true. Salvation is real. And it is made available to us. I love this. Joy is a state of being, not a passing emotion. No doubt about it. Happiness and joy are different. Happiness depends on happenings, but joy depends on Jesus. I may not like what's happening to me right now. I'm not happy. But I can still have joy. Because joy comes from Jesus. And it resides deep in my heart. Jesus makes us triumphant. But what if, what if that's not me? What if, what if I feel totally defeated? Sometimes you need someone else in your life to help you win. It's good to know somebody has your back. And um, it, that reminds me of a, of a, of a moment in, our, in my life when uh, we were seniors. I was a senior. My wife was a senior. It's the same school. And uh, we were on our senior trip, and we, uh, our bus broke down, a charter bus broke down on the way to Six Flags. And so, you know, us, you know, you got a bus full of, of 18-year-old teenage guys. We're going to start wrestling. You know, my, Texas, my Texan came out of me, wrestling. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm Mexican and I'm Texan. It's all, it's all, it's all mixed together. So I'm holding back the Spanish. I'm, I promise you. I, I want to go Tex-Mex on you. Do a little Spanish, a little English. But, but we were, but we were, we were uh, in this bus. This bus broke down. So, uh, so some of the guys, we started messing around. We started wrestling. We, and and somehow, some way, I ended up on the bottom of the pile of about maybe ten guys. You know, and we're this is in a bus, 
And so I'm like, okay, guys, oh, get up, get up, get up. So I start screaming. And so guys start moving up. And I'm like, get off, get off. So there's this one guy that's still on top of me. His name is Charlie Boswell. Right? And, 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 and he's, man, it, it, poor guy. I, I think he has marks on his chest. But he's, he's, I'm like, come on, dude, get off, get off. So Christina, so we had, we had been dating. We weren't dating anymore. It was her fault. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so, so, so Christina sees this guy. He's like still on me, whatever. So she gets up. She's in the back of the bus. She gets up, and I mean, she just full on runs and just double fists this guy right in his chest. And everything goes to slow motion. This guy goes like, and he's flying towards the front of the bus. And at the same time, everybody's like, whoa, as he flies by and he lands. And then uh, you know what comes next, right? Ooh, don't mess with David because Christina's going to beat you up if you mess with David. But you know what? In that moment, I knew she had my back. In that, in that moment, I knew that she was for me. So in that moment, I was like, it don't matter what happened. This moment, I'm going to marry. Come on. But we have to know that. We got to know when somebody has our back. Much of the time, we don't realize who it is that has our back. Well, can I tell you this morning, as a reminder that the one true living God, he has your back. The king of kings, the Lord of all, the creator of everything has your back. The one that spoke and with his word, things created, things became into existence, has your back. Hundreds of years before his birth, Isaiah recorded a prophecy about him. In Isaiah 6 and 9, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the, govern, where, and the government will be on his shoulders. It's your font, Pastor. It's your font here. It's your, your font's and, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, that's pretty triumphant, I'm telling you. That's pretty amazing. He's prophesying about the baby Jesus born in a manger. And we look at the nativity scene, and we see these cute little figures, right? We see cute little Mary and Joseph. Everybody has that nativity scene. In my house, we would always hide baby Jesus under the manger until December came. Okay, that's strike two. Don't think I forgot. But make no mistake that this little baby, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Prince of peace. He is Almighty God. He is the beginning and the end. He is the bread of life. He is the lifter of our heads. And the song says, he is born king of the King of angels, and we come to adore him. For he is Christ the Lord. That's Pretty triumphant. You guys, come on up. There's a, there's, there's a, a story when in, in the Bible in, in Exodus when Israel defeated the, the Amalekites. When Moses lifted his hands and held his hands up. And after, after the battle, Moses built an altar. 
And the Bible says in Exodus 17, 15, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is your banner of victory this morning. The Lord, he defeats our enemies. Matthew, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, the Lord said, I am with you always. To the very end of the age. We have to understand that he fights for you. The creator of heaven and earth, he fights for you. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. and Just, just listen as I... As I make these last statements. Listen, you don't have to live this life under your own strength. And you don't have to fight your battles alone. The Lord is your banner of victory and he makes you triumphant. We don't come to him because we are these things. We can come because he is. Lord, I just declare this truth over everyone here this, this morning. I declare that, that in you, God, we are joyful. In you, God, we are faithful. In you, we are triumphant. In this room, we represent many needs many situations, many circumstances. Would you just choose to lay those at the Father's feet this morning? Father, we just, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And over, over this room, my God, the Holy Spirit would do His work in, our, in each and every one of our hearts. And that from our hearts, my God, that it would just begin to fill our bodies, Father. From the tips of our toes to the top of our head, Father. That there would come an understanding of who we are because of you, Lord. A deeper desire to know who you are. And know who you've called us to be. 